Tanya for the 17th of Shvat, but first a story. This story is uh, a story the Rebbe said in Efrabrengen, and it's a very interesting story. The um, era of Pesach, the custom is that people make a siyum, and the siyum is finishing off a uh, Gemara, and at the end of finishing the Gemara, the person explains the very end. Usually it's a little bit complex if the person um, gets involved, you know, he can be giving a... a uh, a very academic speech, and at the end, people that firstborns that were supposed to have fasted um, the day before uh, Pesach, they now they're now able to eat because they're, they're joining in from the celebration of connected to Torah. The the there was a person who was giving a, a siyum, and he sat down with the Gemara era of Pesach. I guess many years ago, and there was the, the Rebbe says that a, a, a friend was there, and the friend was watching, and then suddenly, right before the man started, uh, one of the fathers brought a tiny little baby to the seum to listen to the end of the Masechta, and the friend asked this man, this newcomer who was holding a child, he asked him, "Why are you bringing such a young child?" And he said, "My young child is a firstborn. I want him to hear the seum." So he said, but he doesn't understand what he's what he's listening to. You know, he's going to listen to the seer, but the words that you know, he's a tiny baby. It's not going through. So the father said, "I don't, re- I don't understand either, and I don't understand, and I still come. Of course, I should bring my my young little baby to here as well." The Tanya now is talking about the Chachma. And we, we had a question. I'm just going to go back a bunch of chapters just to give a touch of context, even though I don't want to go too much at length at the, at the discussion because we want to focus on the daily, on the daily Tanya. But we explained the Pasuk that the entire Tanya is predicated upon and we explained it perfectly. We um, you know, crossed all the, all the T's, dotted all the I's. It's all perfect. The only problem that we had was the word Ma'id. That is very easy. The Pasuk implies that it's easy to do Torah and Mitzvah. It's easy to love and fear Hashem. And it, it's it's not just easy, but his operative word, it's very easy. And that was a word that was a trigger for the Altar. The Altar said, well, you know what? Everything I explained now about why, um, you know, firing up your mind in order to create a love and a fear in your heart, if you want to be honest, it's not very easy. Easy maybe, but very, very easy, it's not. And because of this, the Al-Turabba then gave a massive explanation explaining how a person can make it very easy to have love and fear of God and how to, to, to basically serve God properly and fully, but in a very easy format. And in order to explain that, the Al-Turabba took a sidetrack, explaining the unity of God and explaining um, what happens when we go against God. And the summary is that a tiny little infraction, and that's what we're going to explain today, and we can explain tomorrow as well, moving forward, but a tiny little infraction in any form of sin, or any or a person wanting to motivate himself to do good, that's equal to bowing down to an idol. And just as a person has this little voice inside of them, the, a chachma, the, the, let's call it the blueprint, the microchip of the soul, the chachma that, that powers it all up, that won't let a person bow down to an idol, if a person's truthful, a little bit of thinking, a person should realize, you know what? Me eating this pig sandwich is me disconnecting from God. And just as I won't let, let myself disconnect from God to bow down to an idol, I shouldn't do that in order to, to have a pig sandwich. And that's any sin in all directions. The smaller sin and the most massive sin, it doesn't matter. All of it is a infraction against God. And this is what it's written in the Apostle. It says that this thing is very near to you. Remember, 
as I said in the explanation, the word very is what the Altar is really trying to explain right now. A person's able to power up this, this spirit of folly. Remember, when a person does a sin, all it really is is a person just saying, it's not such a big deal. Or they don't think about, I am going against God. If a person really thought about that, they'll never, go, they'll never do an avail. But they just say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not that It's not that big a deal what I'm about to do right now. Or they refuse to let themselves even have an equation of how big or how small it is. They just don't think about it. And they just go, it's silliness that really makes them do a sin. Any form of sin. And the person, that, that silliness is what makes the person forget God, the oneness and unity of God that's inside of his heart. Continuously, so you have a part of God that's inside of you that always loves God, like a flame always wants to connect to God, and bursting upwards continuously. But the silliness gets in the way, and that's what it means in your heart. And it's not just a love, but inside of the love is included a fear. What does that mean? And the Ultimate says it's rather straightforward. Which means that this, this natural innate um, love that's inside of a person loves God unconditionally, doesn't want to disconnect from God, but that love has a fear inside from disconnection. Which means, let's say for example you love someone very much. You have someone in your, fa- in your life, your family, you love them very much. Your love towards that person will also ha- contain a fear. The fear of losing them. The fear of disappointing them. The fear of upsetting them. The fear of being disconnected from them. So though it's a love, yes, the, the understanding that it includes a fear is quite understandable. It's not such a big leap of the imagination because love, could, love contains so much fear. So the the love that you have towards God is so powerful to enable it enables you to give up to lay down one's life for God. To do a tiny little, um, let's call it, keeping away from evil in order to, you know, to, to stop yourself from doing a, a tiny little sin, well, that's a lot less of a deal than laying down your life. Now, if a person's cognizant of that, when they're actually about to do a sin, they're like, hold up, I would lay down my life, but you know what? I'm not being asked to do that right now, but this sin that I'm about to do is, is tantamount, it's equal to um, idol worship, it's just a micro version of idol worship, I, ca- I can't stop myself. I, I, I would be willing to take a bullet, but I can't stop myself from eating the sandwich that, that I should be eating. And now the Alter is going to say, even when it comes to uh, when it comes to idol worship, a person could rationalize. He could say, "Wait a second, I could just do a little bowing down to this idol. Afterwards, I could go to the shul, cry and scream and daven to Hashem, and Hashem will forgive me." So when a person lays down their life for God in the, in the case of idol worship. Really, he should be thinking calculatedly, well, technically speaking, I could do tshuva. So, you know, let me just do a little bowing down and, you know, a little whatever other form of desire they want me to do. And once that's all done, fantastic. I could just go about my day. 
of course, throwing a little chuva in. Now, a lot of us can say brackets, you might think, oh, you can't do chuva in that particular case. But the truth is, you really can. And this is a bracket. So don't, don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked by the brackets. I'm going to read them rather quickly. Now, says a quick little note, and the truth of the matter is, this note is, is quite an interesting note and something to, 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 to dwell on quite a bit, but we're not going to. If a person says, I'm going to do a sin, and then I'll just um, ask God for forgiveness, the Gemara says, he, will never have, he won't have the opportunity to do to do a tshuva. Why? Because see, the whole tshuva is all predicated, the whole sin was all predicated on tshuva. The tshuva is kind of what caused him to do the sin. But the ultimate says that's not really the case. Well, the case is, when a person does a sin, Hashem always helps the person now. Hashem says, you know what? I'll throw you a bone, I'll, 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 I'll help you and assist you in doing the tshuva process. If a person says, I'll do a sin, and then I'll do tshuva, Hashem won't help them. But they can still break through and do tshuva, because the tshuva is never out of reach. What does this mean in the context of what we're saying so right now? When a person has a gun to their head and said, bow down to an idol, in that case, that person is able to rationalize and not have the bullets. Why? He just say, okay, I'll bow down to the idol and do tshuva. And yet, what do we see nonetheless? A person will still give up their life for God and say, you know what? I don't care. Even if I could do tshuva, I'm not going to bow down to the idol. It shows you the power that a person, the soul has when it comes to mature, when it comes to giving up a, a life. So even though a person in the case of giving up one's life, a person has some rationality. He could start to wiggle his way out and say, you know what, let me just do a quick bowing and then I'll go and do ask Hashem for forgiveness and it will work. You actually get forgiveness. In spite of that, the chachma in a person's soul, the power, that microchip in the person's soul, that fire that wants to connect to God, won't let him do that. It won't let him rationalize. And you see, millions of Jews throughout history, in spite of the fact that they knew they could do Shiva, refused to bow down to an idol and were willing to lay down their life so long as they didn't have to bow down to an idol. That power is so powerful and that, that 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 drive inside of us is so powerful and all we need to do really says Altar, is weaponize it and utilize it in our day-to-day life just imagine and it's not an imagination it's a re- reality that a particular sin will get in the way of, of godliness just like an idol will fantastic that's it now you're not sinning that's all the Altar said and in that case no deep powerful meditations are needed just a quick realization and straight away you realize just how massive a sin is you'll stop sinning and that's why the Pasuk, why is it really easy to have love and fear? Because it just takes a second of concentration. A second of concentration, bang, you can get yourself in the zone and you can stop sinning and you can start doing positive things, as I'm going to mention in tomorrow's Tanya. Thank you so much for joining the 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 Tanya.